Yo, it's cold open time. My money don't jiggle jiggle. It folds. My money don't wiggle wiggle wiggle. It holds. Uh, How does it go? I hate that you put that in my head today. Well, I love that I put it in your head today. You're such an annoying brother. And... God, all you do is complain. Like, you can never talk about all the good things I do. Always... Yeah, but you never do good things. What am I going to say about It's always like, oh, complain, 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 back, 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 back. Nag, 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 nag. Yeah, when you give me a reason to nag, I'm a nag. If you give me a reason to actually be like, yo, that was amazing. Thank you. Good job. Then I would. But since you never do, obviously, all I'm going to do is nag. When people, when people hear you nag, 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 all they want to do is just walk away. People, by people, you probably just mean you. I don't nag at anybody else. I'm the only person you're allowed to nag at. You try nagging anybody, you're going to be in trouble. No, nobody else really, you know, is worth me even wanting to nag to them about. So, anyways... Um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay. Anyways, three, two, one. Everybody. Welcome to Post Credit Club. I'm your host, Noor, and I have my brother, Abdul, here with me today. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about Ted Lasso seasons one, two, and three, I guess. You know what? We might as well just do the whole show just because we've never really spoken about it on the podcast before. And um, the intention was to sort of just cover season three, but we might as well just talk about the whole show since I think the whole show is over with the way Not things ended. Exactly, but I think the way they wrapped things up in the very last episode that we got seemed like a farewell to me, so... They could easily have to keep going for, like... Because technically, I mean, not to get into spoilers, but they didn't win the whole thing, so they could still keep going. I don't know. Um, but this is a... In case they ever want to come back. I think it could be that. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, we are definitely doing spoilers here, so if you haven't seen... All, the entire show, then, you know, please come back and watch our review, or listen to our review afterwards. But um, we are totally getting into spoilers here. Why don't we... I know I normally start off with expectations, but it's a bit tough to do that just because I feel like we've been watching the show for so long. And if we're covering the entire show, because we've been, like, watching the entire show for, like, ever since the pandemic started, because that's when the show came out. I don't know if we can start off with expectations, but... Uh, why don't we go backwards then? What what did we think of the finale? Do you feel like they wrapped up everything? Because I have thoughts, and I'm pretty sure you have thoughts too. Did they wrap up everything? Yes. Now, do I consider it? Um, do I consider it a good way to wrap it up? Not a hundred percent, if I'm being honest. Um, so just for the record, like I've been watching Ted Lasso. It's weird to say, but like the last two three years, but what I haven't been watching them in a conventional manner. Because the way I've been watching it has been like, I'll watch, like, the way I did my um, viewing was literally I'll watch the first seven to eight episodes, or I don't know how many episodes. Basically, all I saw all of season one in one sitting, or in one year. Other than that, I saw um, the rest of season two, I would say, this year. And then I caught up on season three by the time everything, like, because obviously season three was going on this, this year, so it's... I think I didn't see it when season two comes out. But either way, yeah, I saw it abnormally. And I would actually have to say that I think the way the show ended was not the best. Because especially the last two episodes, 
I feel like everything was kind of shoehorned in to kind of try and wrap everything nicely with the bow. But I th- honestly think they could have done the uh, the closings much better. I just feel like either what they should have done is just close everything. Maybe leave a bunch of open-ended threads. Be like, okay, as a viewer, you're like, okay, maybe this could happen. This could happen. Like the thing with the mom and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if that felt as necessary. I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I get the understanding of why they brought her just because like they want to give more emotional weight to what Ted is experiencing. But like, uh, and the fact that he misses family. So you can kind of throw the whole, I guess if you want to say thing that happens at the end of the season where he just decides to go or end of season slash series where he decides to go back home. But I just feel like adding like, for example, the mom, just out of nowhere we're like we didn't even in fact we they mentioned his dad way more than they mentioned his mom so i'm just there like i felt like that was kind of out of left field some of the other stuff i'm trying to think that was out of left field was um what are some of the other because i'm trying to think what were some other things that are out of left field because um i don't know um okay so while you're thinking, I'll I'll mention something out of left field that I didn't really like from the finale. I liked that throughout season three, Jamie and Roy were becoming really good friends, right? Yeah, that was Despite good. like they didn't like and it had nothing to do with Keely, which I was really happy about, which I'm like, that's nice. Well, yeah, because a lot of the, exactly that's what I didn't like in the end where they then made it a love triangle again. Which I'm like, it, it was so weird because I actually liked the fact that they were becoming friends and it had nothing to do with Keely. And then they just had to, you know, bring out like their histories with her like it was so it, it, it was a regression for me i didn't like I that think, i don't think the ending it, i don't think it landed the ending the rest of it i think was good i just think it didn't land the ending so yeah like if this was what they had as a plan i i don't know why they thought this was like I the proper ending they, i think what happened is they just didn't know if they were going to get another season so like we're going to end it off at this point and then see if we can continue or not I, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, that that was something I didn't really care for too much. Other people's um, fates, for example, I like that Trent Krim. Like, he, he was oh, yeah, around he was, the whole season, yeah, right, to um, write a book. And then he gets to write a book, and it's called, what, The the Richmond Way, which I like. I thought I liked that. The Lasso Way. And then Ted Lasso's like, it's not about me. It was never about me. It's about everybody, like the team and whatever, right? Even though it shows named after him, but, I mean get the point uh the other thing i will say so remind me again what happened in this season so so yes we had um they so i think it was like richmond was finally like gonna be in the premier league or something like that well yeah they got zava. so initially i think the season starts off and zava is like they're doing well but it's mostly because zava's there as opposed to them actually playing like a team so i actually like the character of zava like they only had him for a couple episodes but he was fun to watch he was basically zlatan ibrahimovic I like that they did that. I obviously didn't know about this player until now, but you know, and funny thing, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but like a lot of the characters in Ted Lasso are based off of real players, right? So I, that was kind of cool. Who is Jamie based off of? I don't remember the names anymore, but there's an article out there that like this does the comparisons. This guy is based off of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like that they were able to take that as inspiration and then turn them into real characters for the show, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have like, um, so basically it's them becoming in the Premier I'm sorry, them getting ahead in the Premier League at first. And then Zava leaves. And then now they have to figure out what can they do as a team without Zava because Zava was sort of like their crutch, right? Mm-hmm. And he sort of helped them speed along and up in the ranks in the Premier League. 
But after he was gone, they're like, oh my god, what do we do? Like, we're not like we're, there's no way we're gonna win without Zava, right? But then that's when they have probably one of my favorite episodes of the entire show, the Sunflowers episode, where they're in Am- Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, I loved that was his I loved that episode because everybody gets a chance to sort of relax and de-stress and not have to worry about that and then Ted Lasso finally gets his own little epiphany moment that he does like I like that sequence and even just the way they sort of came about to that because he was thinking about his dad and his family and he's homesick he ends up in this American restaurant or I don't know like an American it wasn't an American restaurant in yeah whatever and then he has this epiphany that why doesn't he try using um, these moves from what game was that? From the basketball, like a Bulls game, right? You can explain it. No need to laugh. From the yes, it's from the b- game of the basketballs. No, no. So okay, for those of you who don't know, so this is based on. So what he did was he took the scheme that the Bulls, the '90s Bulls, and so in the NBA, one of the most famous dynasties are the Chicago Bulls from the 1990s era. And that was run by Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Phil Jackson. Uh, so they ha- they were known for running this offense known as the triangle offense. Where and they even kind of try to describe it. So they kind of took that and tried to incorporate it in a sense of soccer. Little did Ted know that he actually stumbled upon a scheme like based on what Beard was telling him his second in command. I think they stumbled upon a strategy that was used way back in the day in soccer itself like the principles were same but ted just stumbled upon it through his inspiration on that so so yeah i i enjoyed that they did that and they took the time to do that because everything else in the season well actually if i want to talk about season overall i'll, I'll get into it but i was gonna say one more thing so in terms of things that are shoehorned in i know it was like a tidbit at the end but the, uh, the thing with rebecca finding her man just out of nowhere of all the places in the world she just randomly finds him and the, and the, like i understand they want to keep the give her a happy ending but i'm just like that was too coincidental um apparently people said that in that episode when rebecca meets him right the first time um there are hints of the fact that he's a pilot yeah. but the thing is it, i agree it's in general like in the season the fact that rebecca finds his man and then he just happens to show up in the finale like it's so coincidental i guess, I guess they're trying to do a bait and switch because like if you look at the way the last episode starts you see him and ted just out at her house in casual clothing so like oh did something happen here? And it's like, nope, they switched it. So now, yeah, Ted, I guess they were trying to throw the viewers off. I, okay. The show in general has been subversion. So here's the thing. And I mentioned this actually in our bear review as well. I don't like it when they do subversion just for the sake of subversion. Like there has to be a real meaning behind it, right? So no, I know well. they do subversion well, but then when you do something like that, especially if you know, like, let's say you know that there's a, like you have a very strong fan base who want Ted and Rebecca to get together, right? I'm not saying I'm part of it or I'm not. But in general, I feel like if you try to sort of do that, there's something about it that feels kind of cruel, right? Like you make them, you make it seem like they're together for a bit. And then it's like, no, they actually weren't. It's sort of like a haha in your face for believing, right? But the thing I'll say to that is the fact that like, we didn't really see them together. It's not like they were openly dating or whatever. No, I know. I think what I'm trying to say is that there iconic angle of that and that was pretty good but at no point did it like we got hints but at no point did it ever come to the open of like Rebecca has feelings or Ted has feelings for Rebecca. I know but like that see what I thought if they were to go down that route that this is what I was thinking if they decided to go down the romantic route it could have been established earlier and 
since they want to be subversive, I thought maybe it could be something like they're both having a hard time, and then let's say they end up they end up sleeping together or something, and then from there they you know sort of look at their feelings about for each other. I thought that's maybe where the subversion could have been. Honestly, like I think what they would have been better off is so in season two they did the whole Rebecca and Sam thing. I personally think like if you want to do it, do Ted and Rebecca or whatever. Yeah. That I think would have worked much better because I, I don't, I don't know. It's still I understand it goes against the stigma of like someone old like you just because you're old you're an older lady like just because like the stigma is usually no 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 no, not ted i'm talking about like usually the stigma is like an older guy can get with the younger girl and that's fine but an older woman getting with the younger guy like i understand they're trying to go against season two two. like they're trying to go against that stigma but i personally like i don't know i feel like it would have been way better just because i feel like rebecca already had more moments with uh ted especially helping him deal with like his trauma and stuff that he was going. I feel like that would have been way more natural than just going with her and Sam. But I get why they did. But like, I feel like if you're going to do the whole Rebecca and Ted thing, I think you would have done it in season two. Because by that point, you're kind of done with it. By the time season three rolls around, the arc is done. It's like, okay, sure, they tried out. It didn't work. Done. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's something that I feel like I, I like. Oh, not to say like, oh, the show is like, that's the reason it would have been that great. I'm just saying like, if you wanted to establish this, you could have probably entered it at that and probably satisfied everybody. I think some fans like had hopes that that's something that would have been established. Like maybe even at least in the beginning of season three. So you have a whole season, right? But then it, it just never happened. And by the time that was happening in the end, we were there. People were like, oh, is that like happening? Did they actually like sleep together? And are they now going to yeah, like maybe talk about their was- feelings? <laughs> And they show Beard and his girlfriend. Well, I personally, I, I personally didn't like, uh, I didn't like the fact that they did that sort of bait and switch. I thought it was like kind of disrespectful to the people who actually like, you know, because the fandom that's out there for those two folks, like it, it is pretty passionate, but I don't know, like it, they're Ted Becca. Yeah. But anyways, red like la- red. Ew, no, not Red Lasso. But anyways, um, point being, I, I don't know. I, I personally didn't care for that choice that they made there. Um, and they did something like that in season two as well. Like, I remember there was like this bait and switch red herring thing that they did. But anyways, uh, before we found out that Rebecca was texting Sam on that app instead of Ted. Well, yeah, it was like they were trying to um, they're trying to keep us guessing as to who she's talking to. And then we find out Sam. So, I mean, like, I thought it was funny at first. But then the fact that they had to do this subversion yeah, weird thing a second time. Violation. I'm surprised that didn't become an HR violation, technically. Because you're kind of going with your boss, so. Yeah, I don't know why, like, surprisingly, though. Maybe it wasn't an HR violation because she runs the damn thing. Well, no, because I'm I'm thinking about a, so, as someone who watches sports, right? So, like, or not even sports, just in general, right? If you saw someone sleeping with the boss, I guess, I I don't know. I feel like the fact that everyone's okay with it, it's just... But I don't think everyone knew, though, right? But eventually, when they found out, everyone was okay with it. Realistically, I don't think I think someone would have a problem. It was just all insane. But whatever. It, but the thing is, that it stopped, right? So maybe that's also why it wasn't something that's not yeah, continuing enough, on, right? Enough, so, but anyways, um, besides like relationships and all that stuff, um, let's see. So then season, yeah, I'm trying to think what happened in the last half of season three after like so Ted has the epiphany of using the triangle offense and they start implementing that within the team which is really cool and they start winning on their own accord because now that they have this strategy right and which is cool i like seeing them playing figuring out strategy see how it works within each team member and realizing that somebody like jamie for example he's a star player but that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be the one doing the being a forward i think 
Like he can be, yeah, striker exactly. So he can be in the center, being like, what, what was he calling it? Like Mid- sort of midfielder? midfielder. I'm not sure. But the guy, the guy in the center, who's basically between the offense and the defense. Yeah, so putting him there makes more sense because he's still central to the actual team by passing the ball to them at all times, right? So I like that they had an episode like that to figure that out. But, um, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, so I think this season focuses on the actual soccer aspects more than the other two. Because the first two seasons are more about the characters. Not to say this season isn't, but I feel like what they did was the character arcs, they did happen, but I feel like this actual playing of the soccer, like it became more of a traditional sports show where it's like, oh, we're trying to win the thing or win the win the title or whatever. So that's more what the season was about than the first two. So We didn't even talk about um, Nate and Rupert. Oh, yeah. So Nate, um, at the end of season two, he has a bit of a villain turn, and he and he basically ends up working for West Ham, right? And Rupert, who is Rebecca's ex, he becomes basically he's Anakin Skywalker, but Anakin Skywalker working under Palpatine, <laughs> and Rupert, obviously, he's just like ugh, and so he's working under him. But then working under him, Nate realizes that he's not a good person, and that he he doesn't really belong in this West Ham team, and that he misses being. Um, at Richmond and he feels bad for how he left and how the things ended between him and Ted Lasso right so like I like that he has that arc he has a bit of a realization I um I'll say the actor who plays Rupert I love that actor because he just plays a dick in everything that I've seen so he played a dick in here and he played a dick in um Merlin he was so he's just so good as a bad guy and it's so funny because I also know him as Giles like in Bucky and Bucky and Buffy Bucky (laughs) Bucky the Vampire Slayer in Buffy as well, and he's so sweet in that. But to see, but the thing is, I've also seen him in more roles where he's annoying. Even in Doctor Who, he was a villain for an episode. So like, he's such a good villain. But um, so it's funny that like by the end of it, like it's not like he really has much of an arc. He still ends up he's just a dickhead but, at the end too. But I think that's the point of the show. The point of the show is to like kind of like they gave him more of a diminishing role in terms of like the amount of screen time he had, because I think the point of the show, the point the show was trying to make is like. It was kind of shifting away from the whole point plot being about a revenge against Rupert to them not caring anymore. And even Rebecca was like, I don't really care anymore. And the thing is, because they don't care anymore, he, at in the very final episode, he loses power. But the thing is, he also loses, like, whatever, not, I don't want to say nuance, but, like, by the end, he almost becomes, like, a cartoonish villain, right? Where he's literally lashing out in front of cameras, in front of everybody. He wears, like, these giant evil, like, Matrix-like coats and stuff. Like, he becomes, like, a very, like, textbook villain just because he's not given that importance anymore, right? So I'm like, okay, that's cool that they did that with Rupert. Although, I did like that one scene where, do you remember when it was all the football own, or the team owners, they met up in that, um, I don't know if that was season two or three. Three. Yeah, so it's like you actually kind of see him and Rebecca have a common ground. It's like, yeah, they hate each other, but that's not to say they never had any good times together. So I, I did appreciate that. Um. Okay. Oh, what? I, uh, I thought you were gonna talk about Nate, but like the whole arc with him and his family, and then uh, Jade. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was good because like obviously it gave him something to do. But I understand like if they didn't do a season four, I'd be fine because I'm like, what would you give Nate? And what would you give him to do? Because at this point, he's back to being on the team as the same player or same role of just being an assistant head coach or whatever. I'm like, if you were to do a season four, where do you take his character? Um. Now, okay, actually, what I want to say sort of leads into my main sort of, I guess, complaint maybe of this season. Because I think this season, in my opinion, is the weakest of the three seasons that we've gotten of Ted Lasso. And um, with Nate, the thing is, he's not with Richmond. 
throughout the season so he just feels like his story just feels so separate from everybody else's right which is fine like to some extent you need that like you need to you need to see their journeys you need to see th- you need to see their lives outside of like the actual um playing ground and all that well, but supposed, well he was supposed to be like i guess the big bad of this season i think that's what they're trying to set up so it's like you're kind of giving quote-unquote the villain more depth by showing more of these family aspects but yeah he's doing this but he's also conflicted in the way he feels it's like yeah it ended up bad terms but he kind of feels bad for doing that so yeah but i think what i'm trying to say is in general this is what the season felt like to me where everybody sort of diverged you have everybody felt very separate like the writing it felt like you had different plot threads going on and they never really collided well enough for me it wasn't as intertwined as the first two seasons were I felt like in this one we were following like the Keeley plot thread. We're following Ted's plot. The thing first of all, Ted doesn't have as much of a thread this season. He's he's much on the. It's his own show and he's in the back seat this season. Well, that's why he said it's not about me. That's why he said it's not about me, right? Yeah, but it was about him in the first couple seasons. So I didn't like that they sort of pushed him to the back. But anyways, you have um you have the Ted thread. You have like these threads. Like you have the Nate thread. You have like Jamie and Roy. Like you, you have all these other threads. But for some reason, they never came together. They all just felt so separate. I don't know if that has something to do with like shooting restrictions. Because I mean, COVID's over at this point. So like it I wouldn't see why. Well, if anything, I know in season two... <coughs> Sorry, I know in season two, it was even worse for them to film it. So they still, but they were still able to do a fairly good job of like intertwining stories and stuff in season two, I feel like. But season three really felt disjointed to me for some reason. Like the stories didn't come together. I felt like I was just watching like the stories of separate characters in parallel to each other, maybe, but not intertwining. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, Because like you had like Roy had Roy and um, Jamie's story going on. You had Ted's story going on. You had Rebecca's thing going on. You had Nate's going on. And not to say they didn't have stuff going on for like it's not like there weren't times in the first two seasons where we did separate. Because when was the beard episode? That was season two, right? That's like a completely divert uh, diver- diversion, right? But that thing is that's only one episode. It's like well, a lot of times what happens is that when these characters do do their own things, it's done within the context of the team. It's like, yeah, they'll be doing their own thing, but it's like still done within the team aspect. So I was like, okay, um, sure, you're diverting, but at least you're kind of keeping within the dynamic of the team. Now it's like this is the most, I would say, isolated each of these characters have felt. So I guess that might have been a writing decision. I feel like, like you said, I think a lot of this was put on the back burner, a lot of the character arcs, because they just wanted to focus more on the actual soccer aspects of it. So, yeah. There's that. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of not just season three overall. So now talking more overall in the show. Actually, one thing I do want to mention, and I feel like this is a season three thing because I never ever mentioned. I never thought it was obvious in the first two seasons, but I didn't like the CGI in this season. Do you know what I mean? Like when they were playing the sock. Dude, yeah. Where? I picked up the CGI and you didn't. Where was it? Anytime they were playing the matches, like, I mean, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like, you can clearly tell Ted and Beard are in front of a green screen and there's no actual crowd behind them. It was really bad. I didn't like it this season. Did they have a budget restriction or something? Because, like, like, it's not like the show wasn't any less popular. I don't know. Maybe they had disputes that wanted to end it. But, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, then CGI. It's a TV show. Like, there's only so much good CGI you can have. This isn't Game of Thrones. You're not gonna get like movie level, but whatever. Good CGI is CGI you can't even tell. 
bad CGI actually sticks out like a sore thumb. So I wasn't a fan. I'm like, I'm like, that's a very strange choice that they took on. So like whatever they did in season one and two, I liked because I couldn't even tell it was CGI. But then in this final season, I'm like, wow, it's so obvious they're standing in front of a green screen and that they're not actually there or anything like that. I don't know. It was just a small nitpick. And actually, sorry, one more nitpick before we sort of talk about the overall thing. Um, season one and two, I think I told you about this too. The color grading for season one and two is a lot warmer. But by the time you get to season three, it, everything looks a lot more bluer and pale. It's 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 a very small nitpick, and it's not something that's very obvious. But if you literally take like screenshots from like the first two seasons and then compare it to the third, there's a, there's a weird like well, change in intro. that. The intro. The intro is the biggest. Like, you can tell that in the intro exactly because that's where like it's the most obvious. If you watch, yeah, if you watch the intro and you see like the seat colors in it, they're bright red in the first season. Second season, they're a little bit muted, but not that bad. But by the third season, they don't even look red. They look orange at this point. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree. Uh, yeah, I think the, like you said, the color grading was a bit off, but in the grand scheme of things, like. Not not a big deal like the show was no one looked at ted lasso and said oh i love this show because of the visuals it's like maybe sometimes but not not always yeah so i think um going to more of the overall show so overall i enjoyed the show um i think the show like like i said i think this show has probably done subversion the best of any show i've seen um the bear had like to, not to compare it to a bear but like i i've um i i've seen a couple of subvert, subverted things in the bear. I just think the bear doesn't do it enough. I think this show, at least other than season three, I think this show does subversion much better than like um, most shows I've seen. Because like, I can't, I mean, it's been a minute since I've seen season one and two, but I remember there were a lot of times where I was like, oh, I was expecting this to happen. But what they do end up doing, I'm like, it's not a chain that I'm angered with. Because I feel like that's, what subversion is it's like they make a change you're like oh i didn't expect that but i still like it and go along with it i'm like if a show can do that well then i'm like it can do subversion well in my book so yeah i feel like it did that very well i think the characters are for the most part pretty well written like if if i'm just doing as an overall thing i think they're very well written i think the way that um initially it handles like it starts off as one thing like i said it starts off as a at least from Rebecca's end, a revenge plot. And like, she's intentionally hoping to sabotage the team by hiring Ted and stuff. But in reality, it turns out to be the team's greatest strength because the, the camaraderie that he brings is something, I don't know if even Richmond had up until that point. And especially not under Rupert. I don't think they were as successful as they are right now. So yeah, I think um, having the way the premise started, I found interesting. And yeah, like, Honestly, initially, like, if I didn't know this was... Because this is based off an SNL sketch, isn't it? So, like, to know that they made an SNL sketch... Like, if someone told me that they're going to take an SNL sketch and turn it into three seasons of actual content, and it, and for the most part, it's going to be pretty good, I don't think I would have believed it because I'm like, how much content can you actually get out of it? But turns out, surprisingly, quite a lot, like, just through the characters and stuff we meet. So, yeah, I really like Ted's arc. Um, I hated that therapist guy. I, at the in the last episode, I wanted to smack his face. I'm like, bro, all you've done is just cause pain. And like now, and then like what I like is like it kind of gives um, like we finally start to understand in the mid second season. I think it is when he finds the revelation. It's like, oh, his wife is not with the therapist. It's like, yo, that's a very scummy move. I'm like, in reality, that dude would be kicked off. I'm pretty sure he would no longer be able to practice therapy or something like someone will file a lawsuit against it. But thankfully, like he's 
I don't think Ted really holds that resentment. Same, like, what I noticed is that Ted doesn't really hold resentment, even when others hold it for him. So, like, one thing is, like, Nate kind of leaving the way he did. Beard was kind of holding that resentment on Ted's behalf. But Ted's like, no, everyone kind of deserves a second chance. And so like we find out, like, even Beard kind of forgives him because, like, he, Ted forgave him or whatever. So I did like that. Uh, I think the character of Ted is handled well for the most part. Some of the other things I really liked was... um well, I not I know I said it's not based on the visuals, but like I did like um some of the interesting like you said color grading options they chose in the first season. Like I like that scene where they're in the nightclub in the first season and they're just and then Rebecca's just singing and stuff. I like that. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I liked. I'll, I'll give you the mic. I'll think of more. Um, one of the things that I like so much about this show is the themes that they focus on. The strongest and central theme that they have is just dealing with parents, right? It's all about like people who have shitty parents. And basically the message of the show is just because you have shitty parents, you can still turn the tide around. Obviously, you yourself have a lot of trauma to deal with, but you can break that cycle, right? Because you see it with so many of the characters who have like really shitty fathers. But then you have some characters who have really great fathers, right? And you can see the contrast and how what, what a good father looks like. Was there anybody with a shitty mother? Um, I think they, I guess Rebecca's mom was kind of, because she was never close with her as much because yeah, she's yeah. always like. But the thing is, she wasn't exactly shitty because it's like the, her. Big yeah, mom, she wasn't evil or anything. like. She wasn't like Jamie's dad, for example. But yeah, okay, fair enough. No, I just wanted to think of the observation. Um, yeah, because I, I remember, I think somewhere in a, an article, like, I remember reading that like they said that the main point of the whole show is about like shitty dads and how that affects people right like when you have like this toxic masculinity right that sort of like i guess traumatizes you in different ways like as a child if you have a shitty dad like that right um so that that theme i think was handled so beautifully throughout the show through so many different characters and there's different ways to be shitty right like for ted for example he loved his dad his dad was a great person but he was dealing with all his depression and he couldn't like he just couldn't take it. So unfortunately, he committed suicide. And Ted sort of holds a bit of resentment about that, right? Like, why? how dare he leave us like that? Like, why didn't he think about us? And like, all that stuff, right? That's one way. Does Ted understand? I forget. Does Ted understand why, like... Because obviously he resents him, but does he at least understand? I forget. I'm pretty sure he does. Like, obviously now that he's going through therapy and stuff, like, I'm pretty sure he understands that. And I don't think the resentment, like, is really that strong it's just a human reaction i feel like right um then you have somebody like jamie's dad jamie's dad is an awful person constant especially and i think he's probably the most tax i think he's the most toxic like masculine kind of like father that we've seen in the show just like way over the edge but yeah um then uh uh that one episode where his dad walks into the locker room holy shit that hit hard and then he just started berating Jamie. Remember, both of us started crying when we were watching that. I was like, and then Beard kicks him out. I'm like, bro, that hits hard. I was like, damn, that's crazy. But yeah, that, I think that was my probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. So, oh yeah, that was such a strong, like, well acted um, scene. Anyways, um, then you have um, you have a lot of people who just mentioned their dads, right? Like, 
other good good Both ones or bad ones. ones. Sam's dad is an amazing dad. You saw just how well he was. Like, one, he has a very commanding presence, right? But not in, like, an authoritative way. Like, in a very kind way. And you can tell that's why Sam is the way he is. Because he also has such a kind father. A kind and wise father. Yeah. And when you contrast with someone like Jamie's dad, I'm like, wow, that's... What a difference in, yeah. in people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's something that I honestly I, love seeing with, throughout the show because it's not really, I don't feel like it's spoken about much in media, nor is it really explored as much. So I'm happy that the show did that. Uh, yeah, I think what it also did, as bad as it was, it kind of gave the team more of an understanding of why Jamie is the way that he is. As, as in, like in, They found out in the worst way possible, but at least they understand like, yeah, he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of that, but I mean, he means well. Like, a lot of it just comes from his environment that he was raised in, so. And I think to to explore these kinds of themes in a sports setting where there is just a lot of toxicity anyway, I think is also really interesting. Because this this could have been any line of work, right? These characters could have come from anywhere. So the fact that it's within sports is kind of interesting because they're addressing toxic masculinity head-on. And not just through fathers, but even through, like, the the... The players, for example, like right? Need, no, I, I don't know about every because I think you need at least some line of work. Like if I were to make this premise, I feel like you need it in some line of work where you have an audience looking in some way because yeah, yeah. you need that. So like I think it would work if you're an entertainer, like an entertainer, any entertainment industry. I think this show works with really well. So yeah, no, yeah, that that makes a lot more sense. But I do like that. That's how they decided to tackle the crazy fans and stuff. I feel like you kind of need that aspect. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, I even mean just like in general, even like when it comes to like the players, for example, and the way they behave and stuff. And because I feel like not that the players were toxic in the beginning, but like I feel like by the end, they've become like complete himbos. <laughs> you know what a himbo is, right? Yeah, but like, but they're fun to watch, right? And you can tell they've all gone through their own growth and journeys and they all believe in the stuff that Ted talks about, right? And because Ted himself isn't that toxic um, figure and that he actually has a very like empathizing and loving, um, nurturing kind of... Um, persona to him it's sort of rubbed off rubbed off on everybody else in the team as well right mm-hmm. the team the staff so like it, i i like the show for like for the fact that they did that and they handled it really really well okay. um yeah anything you want sorry what uh i was gonna talk about um i want to talk about roy's character arc well roy and jamie's uh <laughs> roy's just funny that dude's just funny he's like <laughs> My favorite thing about Roy is when he goes, he doesn't even use a whistle. He's just a whistle. He just calls her. No, Roy Roy's like, he's the grumpy old man who's just uh, funny like that. I, I like Roy. Like, if I had to pick my favorite character throughout all of Ted Lasso, it's tough. But I'd probably say Roy because that dude's just so funny. Um, I, I do agree with you. I think the way they had to shove that love triangle at the end, I think, was a bit tacked on. But I think for the most part, yeah. I think the dynamic between him and Jamie throughout the third scene was really good. And I think the way um, they handle Roy's arc of like him being like at the end of his career and kind of him transitioning into a post-career career, if you want to say, of like him being a sports commentator and then him being um, was a coach. Yeah, he's basically a coach. I like that. Like, I, I think it makes sense to where his... I guess his interests lie and his tendencies lie. So I really liked Roy's character arc. Um, um, one of the things I love so much about his character is Harry. that, yes, he's hairy. Yeah. He has a hairy ass. 
Okay. Yeah, but Harry, I know, but Harry's not a personality. No. <laughs> For him, you look at him, it's like, okay, describe him in one word. Harry. Done. Grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. <laughs> Put him in the bear. Put him in the bear. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is... um. What I like about his character and the way that his character is made is the fact that, yes, he's, like, angry all the time, but the anger isn't, like, toxic anger. It's just he's angry. He has anger issues, and he's, like, growling and stuff all the time. But it's almost funny. That like, there's funny. something weirdly wholesome <laughs> almost about his anger. No, you know what it is that also makes it a little bit more wholesome? It's his dynamic with his, was it, nephew, niece? That also helps, I feel like, kind of ground him more. It's like, okay, yeah, you see him kind of as, like, the grizzled old man. But, like, when he's with his nep- or niece, you kind of see that more fun side come out of him. Where it's like, he's like, he's more of a parent. It's like, don't swear. Don't do what I do. And I'm like, I actually like that. So, yeah. I, I love Roy. Roy. Roy is awesome. Yeah, Roy is a very endearing character. I love the way they wrote him. And I, obviously, the way he was played by Brett Goldstein, like, amazing. Yes. Um, good, good stuff. Oh, another character. I I love Edward Akufo. That dude. That dude, hilarious. He's like, because, like, the way this, this is another subversion, right? It's like, I mean, I could, I kind of predicted it, but, like, in the beginning, he's shown as the nice billionaire or whatever. He's like, oh, he wants to help Sam join the Nigerian national team. And it's like, the second ultimately he decides no, he just, like, starts attacking. It's like, oh, you're Nigerian. You're not as good as us. What is he, Ghanese? He, are they called Ghanese? Ghanaians or whatever but basically like he just starts like shitting on him and stuff and I'm like that scene when they had the villain turn or whatever or the heel turn and I thought I died laughing it's like what did he say he was like I'm going to shit on you or something like it's like or something like I'm going to throw shit on you or something like that I was like bro that was that was when I loved Edward's character um oh the one thing I wish they showed in the show is what the hell are those biscuits that Ted kept making for Rebecca what was the recipe Oh, I don't know, but maybe like he just oh, liked baking. I like that. That was actually I just remembered. I forgot about how sweet and wholesome he, that was. That, even, that he was making that even, was even in season three he was still doing it. So Yeah, like he, he he invested a lot in their dynamic, right? And like he liked doing something like that, you know, biscuits with the boss and all that kind of stuff. So I've always loved Ted Ted's character because he's so wholesome. And I feel like there's something about him that feels like even though to some people it might be a stretch, I feel like at some point we would we've all met somebody that's kind of like that, right? Who's like very positive, sunshine and rainbow, it. right? But like I, I think what you're getting into is the fact that you delve into the fact that there's more to it than that. Well, yes, but the uh, yeah, of course there's like we see, but we also see that positivity in a weird way was the reason his relationship fell apart, because she his wife just couldn't handle that constant optimism, which I can understand. It's like most realistic people are not as optimistic as Ted a hundred percent of the time. There's many times where it's like they feel down, they feel pessimistic, and all that stuff. And not to say like it's not Ted's fault; it's just the way he is, right? But I think a lot of that, like when you when you're like with his wife, it's like when you're by contrast, when you constantly, when you're dealing with your own shit and you see someone who's just constantly optimistic, especially someone close to you, you kind of get to that point where you kind of start doubting yourself and you even kind of start hating yourself. It's almost like self-loathing where it's like, why am I not this way and stuff? And she just unfortunately took out the anger on him. Toxic positivity. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, right? Um, but like you said, what we find out throughout the show is like, like you said, if we didn't, if he didn't have... W- a lot of the tra- if we didn't see any trauma they're going through a it just i don't think makes him relatable but b at the same time what it does is it kind of gives us a notion that no everything he does not to say it's a facade but a lot of those are our coping mechanisms he has so 
yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. I just, I'm still, I cheesed at his wife, bro. Let's see, let's see. How are you going to do it? Like, because I understand the therapist. Therapist is scum. But, like, how can you, do, come on. Um, like Ted and like what you've been through, like ugh, I don't know, man. Well, here's the thing: like she's allowed to be after the relationship. Allowed, yeah. Just the, if I knew that, like if I was married and my wife did that to me, there'd be. I think it's natural most people, or let's say you and your husband, you did that, and then you, after uh, less than a year later, your husband goes with that same therapist. You'd feel some way, and in fact, even Ted did feel. Even Ted felt a certain way. So clearly, something would have happened. I'm just saying, like. I don't think I'd ever had the to to be able to do that, but yeah, yeah, no, no, I I, I get where you're coming from for sure. Um, speaking of therapists and all that, another thing that I love about this show in general is just the way they deal with mental health. I think it's done in a very realistic way. Yes, you have like the therapy and all that stuff, but even just seeing the characters sort of go up and down, like it's not like this upward trajectory, right? Like you can't say that, oh my God, Ted is completely healed now, now that the show's over. Obviously not. He still has his issues and doubts. And that's something I wanted to talk about too, especially with the last episode, right? Where he's still like, I don't know, should I stay, should I go, right? And in the last episode, this is something that I picked, and a lot of people picked up on this too, that like he's going, but he's very silent throughout the entire episode. There's He doesn't say much. Especially in that one conversation where Rebecca and him are sitting in the seats, right? And she's like, oh, you can stay and all that kind of stuff. And she's talking about all these things that she's done to, like, come up with options for him, right? And he's just silent. And even throughout the rest of the episode, he's just very silent. So I'm like, I don't know if that's meant for me to take it as, like, he's indecisive or if he just doesn't know what else to say up until the very last moment. Like, he's still, I don't know. I like I said, I think it's done in the same way that like if they ever did a season four, they could bring it back if they need to. So like I missed his voice in the very last episode. I'm like, this is your show. How are you not like, you know, at least saying more than you could you are right now like that. That that was something that uh, pissed me off. The last episode, I think, was more about the people Ted impacted more so than Ted himself, because he changed Rebecca's outlook. He changed Nate's outlook. He changed Brett, uh, not Brett, uh, Beard's outlook in terms of just wanting to stay. Roy as well. Like, basically, everybody, like, everybody's personality changes all started from Ted. Actually, And, like, the final episode's more focused on, I think, the product of all those changes and the culmination of all that. So I think just seeing him go back to his family and stuff, I don't know. Um, like I said, they, like, if they did a season four, I could easily see them bringing Ted back because of that indecisiveness. So. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe that's why they did it the way they did. I don't know. But th- that's something that didn't sit with me that well, especially for me, because I keep thinking this is just the end of the show. And I don't know. It could have been handled better, in my opinion. Another thing I liked was, who was the therapist that they're in Sharon? I liked her because what she did was, I think what a lot of shows do, they kind of shit on therapists in general. Where it's like, oh, therapists can't really... Um, like, they're a waste of time. They don't really help you find your problems. What I like is that this show kind of shows you what a good therapist versus a bad therapist is. So the bad therapist, in my opinion, I think is between Ted and um, his wife or the one that kind of drew them apart. I think that's the bad terror. Uh, I was say terrorist. No, therapist. Um, yeah, it, it's that's the bad sort of therapist, I think. Um, but they contrast it. But like... They contrast it by showing what a good therapist is through Sharon, where it's like, yeah, Sharon is, um, she's willing to help, right? but like, she's not going to just 
take shit from like Ted because there are points where Ted would lash out at her and it's like, yeah, she didn't really, um, she wouldn't lash back. What she would do is try to calmly explain to him. Or there are certain times where it's like, if Ted did have his doubts, what she would do is like, cause like Ted was of the mindset that like therapists are all evil and they have an ulterior motive. It's like, whether that's financial, whether that's whatever, right? Her mind, her response to that was more so like, yeah, it's like, sure. I'm getting paid to do this. Obviously. I mean, anybody would in their career profession, but despite that, I'm still willing to help and wanting to help people. And I really appreciate that because I'm like a lot of, like I said, a lot of shows, they end up doing the whole angle of like, um, or a lot of things or a lot of stigmas I've seen is that like many times people see therapy as like unnecessary or whatever. And sometimes it, maybe it can be, it depends on the person, but like, I feel like this show kind of describes that like therapy when done with the right therapist can be a very powerful thing. So I really appreciated having her in the show. Um, some of the other characters, uh, I'm trying to think who else are we missing? Um, well, there's a bunch of side characters. Like they're all funny. Like there's Danny, which that, uh, I forget was it season two or three where he literally kicks the dog or whatever season two, where he literally kicks the dog. I'm like, how you have a dog on a field, but whatever, I guess they brought it in there for him to have nervous wreck. Um, oh, another subversion I saw was in the final game. They were playing in season three where it's like, you think Danny's going to be the one to take the shot and you have the dog standing right there. But no, it turns out to be the captain or whatever. So I did like that. Um, you have Zorro or if you want to call him Van Damme, which let's go repping Canada, repping Montreal. So I, I liked having him. Oh, Colin. Colin's arc of, I guess, him basically coming out. So it's interesting. Like, I guess fans had a theory that like, well, yeah. um, Trent, Trent was also gay just because the way they set up his character and stuff. Right. So, like, kind of giving him, Colin, um, like I, that moment, that yeah, that moment in Amsterdam where, with uh, Trent where it's, like, they kind of have, like, that, I guess you want to say bond, where it's, like, they have something common in between them. And it's, like, they can kind of console in each other and stuff to the point where in the final episode or whatever, or final two episodes, um, Colin just straight out, he no longer, he's not tired of hiding, but he's like, he just, I'm going to let it out in the open. It's like him and his, I guess, partner just make out and stuff. So like, I guess they have this more, um, it kind of gives Colin someone else to confide with within the team and stuff and not feel that isolation. So, and not just that, like eventually when it does come out to the team that he is gay, uh, uh, the co the captain like takes it hard, but like not for the reason you might think, not because he is gay. It's just because he didn't tell him early or whatever. So Yeah. I appreciated Colin's uh, arc. Um, oh, I like the I like the fact that like they gave episodes to just focus on side characters, like I said, Beard and stuff, and then also the three fans, those three fans that we also see at the bar with um, May or whatever. I like how that they gave them something to do. It's not like like they were recurring side characters, but it was nice that they gave them certain plot points and kind of going into more so of the other characters. Uh, I guess do you want to talk about Rebecca's arc or do you just want to? Yeah, sure. I mean, I do like I do like Rebecca's arc, she's and a good she's oh my gosh, she's a damn good singer. Well, she mentioned she mentioned she went to singing school or whatever, right? I think she did singing school. Whatever you call it, music school. <laughs> singing school. But yeah, um, no, yeah, she's an amazing singer. But oh my god, she's these. She's like I can never take my eyes off her, and I'm like, yo, I'm like as straight as they come. Sense. But like, I guess it makes sense why they need to find this like six foot three, really tall like Dutch guy for her. Cause like she's already big herself, but yeah, no, she's a really good singer. So that's all you have to say about Rebecca. <laughs> no, of course. But I like the fact that like she has this change, and it's like in the end, what it shows is like 
she kind of does move past the whole thing that she was on in the beginning where it's like she doesn't really care about Rupert's whole revenge. If anything, she cares more about the people being affected by Rupert. Like those I think she cares about, but not Rupert himself. Like I don't think she holds animosity. Not just not because like she forgets what he did, but more so in the sense of like she's trying to just move on and kind of just give herself that out. So yeah and like rebecca's whole arc of like going from not caring about the team and just sort of caring about her own needs to finally caring about the team and that happened because you had someone like ted come in and just sort of turn everything upside down right not just that it was also keely just her having having and then sometimes if you want what was her what was her friend's name sassy yeah having sassy i mean she was there from time to time but i feel like more so keely than ted because like they're both girls and they kind of kind of had girl talk and stuff like she kind of had someone along those lines. Otherwise, like the problem is that like everybody else there was a guy, so she didn't really have anybody other than I guess Keely. Uh, who else? Higgins. Higgins. What do you think of Higgins? Oh yeah, Higgins is a great character. I I like that. Like the diamond dog. He, the diamond dog. Actually, I love the whole diamond. You know what I love about that? Because you know how they um in a lot of shows like I don't think you see it much anymore, but definitely in older shows like there's you, a lot of men are macho. They don't really talk much about their feelings, right? I like that this was a nice safe space for them to talk about whatever. So seeing men talk the way that they show girls talking. I'm like, that's cool. I know men talk about like, you know, girls and feelings yeah. and this. So I'm like, that's kind of refreshing to see. The I will okay, so maybe so if I'm comparing it to me and my friend group, I would say like, yeah, we do talk about those things. I don't know about the feelings point as much. Not to say we don't, like, if anyone does feel a certain way, we do bring it up. So, like, that's realistic in itself. Um, is it done as frequently as it done in Ted Lasso? No, but I'm not saying, oh, just because it's done that way for me, it never happens for other people. I'm pretty sure there are friend groups like that, like guy friend groups, where they do talk about their feelings. So, I did appreciate that. Um, like, it's very healthy. I like that they showed, like, a healthy a version of that. that yeah. I think it's a different aspect compared to what we've seen, I would say, in a lot of different media. Yeah. Um, so I did appreciate that. Uh, I, now, in my personal opinion, it's just like, I'm not doing that, but I'm not saying, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's like, oh, because my, oh, I'm exactly. the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's nice that um, yeah, they show that. I just, the one thing I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Was it, if I, if I forget, was Roy the one who initiated the last Diamond Dogs meeting? But did he actually talk about it? His, I, f- I forget. Did he? I think he was like, "How do you know if a girl likes you or something?" Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Oh, because I forgot. I, I I thought he he didn't initiate Diamond Dogs. But um, yeah, I like the fact that Roy finally in the final episode initiated Diamond Dogs. So who's part of Diamond Dogs? It's Ted, Beard, Trent, Nate now because he's back in the now Roy. So uh, I just. If we had a season four and it was just like, I feel like I'd be. I could have watched the whole season of just them having their Diamond Dog sessions. I feel like you could do a bunch of spinoff shows from this Ted Lasso universe. I'm pretty sure like they're planning to do spinoffs. I don't know which characters. Some people are saying they might do like a Keeley spinoff because they had so much set up for like this PR business thing that she's doing, right? But she just. What do you mean? Didn't she go back to the team? No, she like the team is one of her clients. But she doesn't just work for the team. She has other stuff that she's doing too, right? So some people are like, oh, we might get a Keely spinoff or, or um, like, a, I don't know if we get a Sam spinoff or something. But yeah, you can do a spinoff with a lot of characters because one of the things I've loved about the show is the way they've established their char- like all these characters here. They feel like real people, right? Because they've spent so much time with them. Because Like, it's, it's no, kind of weird. British. It's weird to call they're, this show. They're not real people. They're British. 
are you trying to get yourself smacked, bro? <laughs> It's, it's like those things where it's like um, people say Australia. Like there's a lot of weird people who believe Australia isn't a real country. So I'm I'm trying to play on that. I mean, there's people who think the earth is flat. So, I mean. It is. Cool. <laughs> there's. um, Crap, you made me forget. Damn you. <laughs> um, What was I trying to say? Yes, they do feel like real people because you can't call this show a show a soccer or football show as much as you can call it just a drama with a lot of people where it takes place in like a soccer setting right that's but but uh, that's what ted lasso does what a lot of good shows do the focus is not always on the soccer if i wanted to watch a show or something about soccer i'd watch a documentary this show is more like what most great shows i've noticed do is they have a premise but the show is more focused on the characters while the premise is in the background, not the premise taking forefront while the characters take a backseat. So that's why I think this show works well. And the shows that do that, I think, are the ones that work the best. So, Exactly. And you know what? We're talking about like the main characters and even some of the side characters, but even characters you see once in a blue moon, like, you know, when they go into the press room, you like yeah. they've established characters to the point where even you can recognize the people in the press room by the end well, of the show. I mean, one of them even becomes a fully fleshed character in Trent. So. Well, in the first season, they gave him his own episode, so we clearly know something was going on. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I really appreciate that the writing gave everybody their time, like that they deserve. If anything, I feel like obviously I'm like I want to know every single character on the team if possible, right? Because they've done such a good job, but obviously not possible. But what with what we've got, I feel very satiated when it comes to the character work that they've done. Well, considering we have three seasons, I feel like we know enough about all of our characters. Like, I can tell you, not just, like, obviously I can tell you a lot about Ted and the main characters. But the thing the show does is also, I can tell you something about Zorro. I can tell you something about, um, who's the Dutch guy who's very honest? Um, Jan Maas. Jan Maas. I can tell you something about, well, there, I can tell you something. I can tell you a bunch of stuff about, even the captain, Colin. Like, I can tell you a bunch of stuff about each of these people. It's so insane to me that the show has so many characters and it juggles them so well. Yeah, honestly, I think, yeah, that's probably the show's greatest strength of how it deals with these characters. Um, and not just through their dynamics with their families, their own family, but also through their dynamics with each other. And how those external dynamics of family and stuff kind of play into the locker room. So, like, what I like is, like, the show kind of, what it does is it brings a lot of the stuff that the characters are facing in an isolated environment and it kind of shows how that affects within their dynamics of the team like oh because this is happening to this character um good or bad it ends up affecting the team or whatever and that that's yeah i like that uh you want to talk about beard or um the thing about beard you know how by the end of season three we get this revelation of what his backstory is. I feel like I would have liked his backstory. That's season three, dude. That's literally like the second to last episode or something where Beard shows up at Nate's oh, door. Oh, that's the scene I'm talking about. I thought you were talking about the episode where um it's all focused on him. No, no, no. I, I'm talking about his backstory. I love his backstory. I just wish it wasn't in one scene in the very like in the penultimate episode. I think I would have liked to explore that a little bit more. But they sort of went like a backwards route with his. Uh, character in the sense that like how they um sort of 
um, exposed more and more of his character to us. Where, sure, he seems like a bit of a... And he's a very enigmatic kind of character, right? You don't get to learn all that much about him, except, like, in bursts here and there, right? And then you get an episode that's just committed to him, and you understand him a little bit more. And you understand that, like, his life is just like that. He's always crazy. No wonder he says the craziest things. Things always happen to him. He just always happens to fall into shit that's funny. And then you get to, like, the very second to last episode of season three, where they really explain that Beard... Like, his relation with Ted, it, it exists because Ted gave him a second chance. Beard was like, his life was not going well. Like, he was in jail and all that kind of stuff. And Ted was just this random dude that he happened to remember from high school who decided to help him out and, you know, um, bail him and give him a second chance and allowed him to work with him on the college football teams and stuff. And I think that is so sweet. I just wish we got to explore that a bit more. But that's just me saying that as a fan. I don't feel like that necessarily the show had enough space for that. But as a fan, I would have loved to see even more of that. I would agree. I think um, having Beard, ha- having Beard, or not even a backstory, just having us spend more time. If you're going to do, I feel like if you're going to introduce the backstory, maybe you do it in a different way. Or at least something where you spend more time. But the thing is, has this show ever done flashbacks? So it's, I don't think it would have fit in. To do a whole flashback no, thing, I, I think would have... I'm not asking for a flashback. I think I just would have liked to explore that background more. Oh. Or maybe having a conversation between him and Ted. Yes. Of like, oh, yo, look how far we've come considering where we started or something like that. I don't know. So maybe having it with Ted himself just so we can kind of understand. I mean, obviously we get that they're great friends, but like you kind of understand why Bearded goes to bat for him so much. It's like, oh, uh, and why he kind of goes up to Nate and kind of says, yeah, this is why it happens. But, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, that's how the show uh, did it. And was it the best? I don't think so. But, I mean, that's how I went with the show. Um, what else do we need to talk about? We talked about the story, I think. So, the first season was more so. It remind me again. So, we know what the third season is about. This, what was the first two seasons about? Okay. From a plot perspective, I know even I'm a little bit fuzzy on it too. But a lot of the first season was, I think, focused on Rebecca, Rebecca's revenge, right? And her, like, sort of, you know, turning... Um, and then I think just in terms of like the actual game, they, did they win? I don't think they won against Man City in the final, but I think they, they still, but I think they still like sort of united as a team and they were still able to score like some really good goals. That's what I remember from the first season. Second season, I think was Jamie coming back to the team and him having to adjust and, and Jamie himself was with Roy and Sam specifically. Yes, and because Jamie also had gone through a bit of an arc and was finally becoming like a less like um, stuck up person, more mature, like him coming back and having to come back into the team and sort of gel well with everybody. That was, I think, a bit part of that. Then you had like the threads like Rebecca and Sam. Then you have uh, Ted sort of like unraveling and, you know, having to go to therapy with this new therapist. Right. And him confronting those fears of going to therapy. Right. Um, that I remember mostly from um, season two. And I think, I don't remember, sorry, soccer-wise what happened in season two. Well, they got murdered. They got murdered by Man City in season two. So they got murdered by Man City both times? No, they got really murdered in season two. I don't remember about season one. Sorry, it's been a minute, but... Well, oh yeah, they were, they were on the brink of relegation. That's oh, what it was, okay. right? Yeah, and then I think they did well enough to survive. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah so there's that um okay i mean obviously like the soccer stuff's not the most important the characters are so that's why i'm not as yeah. 
focused on that. But okay, uh, because I'm, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think about. Oh, as a reviewer, you supposed to, we talked about the characters. We talked about the di- dialogue. I think was really good. Um, in terms of, I think, like you said, just keeping things real, and t- especially on the mental health side, I think that was good. Uh, I think I love a lot of the monologues that, yeah, I was going to mention that too. I just love a lot of the monologues that characters get to have. Like, sure, I remember how, like, in our bear review, we were talking about it's not, maybe it's not realistic monologues, but just stuff that they're saying. So I've enjoyed a lot of the monologues that they've done. Never going to give you up. Yeah. Yeah. So they sang that in the funeral. So there was that. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, cinematography this show isn't really focused on cinematography visual effects like all i can't really comment on that i think the show's strengths come from a dialogue script writing and then its characters so can i say so this show is a very funny show right and i like that it's funny um not because not because it necessarily makes fun of other people but just because it just has yeah like the humor is just so it's a very different style of humor and i enjoyed it a lot and like even like Ted and his like stupid puns and stuff, like they genuinely. Made, I'm I'm someone that likes puns anyways, but like they genuinely made me laugh. Him and his dad jokes and whatever. Well, uh, I'm not gonna lie. A couple of times I rolled my eyes, but I, it was done in like a, oh my god, like not in like a oh I'm annoyed way, but oh my god, like I like a cringe, like I can't believe you said that kind of way. So, yeah, it's like I think with him, it's like yeah, he makes all these puns and stuff, and like a lot of the jokes and stuff. Most of the jokes land. Some of them don't. But I, at no point was I like, oh, my God, this joke was terrible or whatever. It's like it was more of a like a cringe, almost kind of like a cringe kind of thing. So like the writing for these for the humor is just so sharp and witty. And I, I appreciate that. I feel like I say that for everything that I love, but I love sharp and witty writing. And when that comes through in the humor, I'm even more impressed because I feel like a lot of the times humor can be sometimes very lazily done. If you're let's say you're just doing toilet humor or, or you're just swearing all the time, like after a while, it just becomes a gimmick. Right. Yeah. So I enjoy that Ted Lasso's writing. The way they approached uh, humor was very um, fun. It was very fun. It was very refreshing for me. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, in terms of like shows, like obviously from the few shows that I have seen or throughout this year, yeah, um, I really, yeah, thought Ted Lasso overall was good despite a lot of the nitpicks or problems I might have had with it. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot to mention and I just can't remember off the top oh, of my head. You want to talk about Keely? Like t- tidbit? Yeah, um, you know what? I... There's something about, like, that character where I'm like, I don't know what I feel. (laughs) So I like Keely as a character because she's sweet, right? Like, she's sweet, bubbly, and I like that she gets a chance to do her own thing and all that. But for some reason, I'm really neutral on her. I don't know if I, like... Like, she's very endearing, yes. It's not that she's not likable. Of course she is. But where they sort of took her... Like, I don't know what it is, but I think I... I I don't know if the way they wrote... You know what it is? I think the problem is we don't really get, not to say everyone needs a backstory, but you don't really get to find out more about, like, what you, what you see with her is what you see with her in terms of, like, what she goes through in the show is what we see. We don't really know more than what we see throughout the show. Like, we know she becomes part of that head PR firm. We know that she helps Rebecca. We know that she has a thing with Roy or, or with uh, Jamie or whatever. But that's it. We know, like, if you look at it, a lot of her stuff was romance-related. Or, or it was the PR thing. That that was it. I just feel like I don't think we got enough of. Not to say back because, like you said, the theme about this show is not to say it has to be with everybody, but it's about 
parent, their relationship with their parents, right? We never really find out much about Keely outside of what she goes through in the show. So not to say you need it. I'm just saying it would have been better to add if you want to say more depth or constant con uh, contact. But to be fair, she's not the main character. There's like four or five other people that they focus on, like uh, Ted, Rebecca, um, Roy, Jamie. I guess even with Roy, we don't get as much. But I mean, at least like. <laughs> I don't know. Roy at least has other stuff to compensate for the lack of stuff that we see in him from like a previous, like before the show started or whatever. Just gain more context. But yeah, I think Keely's thing is like she kind of just goes from place to place and it's like she's used more of a, not a plot device, but like more of a thing to kind of spur the other characters forward. Which is not. Yes, a- yes. That's what I was thinking about because I feel like I that's love. That's what she used for Rebecca. Roy is conflicted and involves uh, Keely. Jamie's conflicted and involves Keely. So, yeah, I feel like, and even watching Keely, I feel like she's sometimes to me more fun when I'm watching her with these other characters. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it was because, maybe I don't know if it was just because in season three, but like, I didn't care all that much for her PR arc. A lot of people were like, okay, this is the boring part of the episode. And I remember feeling that way a lot of the times too. And that's obviously no, no discredit to like the actress or anything like that. I love her. Like, she, the way she plays Keely, like, it's very sweet um, oh, portrayal. The other, who was it, the person she was hooking up with? Jack. Yeah, Jack. That's another thing. Like, most of her relation, most of her time in the show is spent just hooking up with someone, whether that's, jamie or roy or friggin uh jack or whatever and uh, like you said i think the problem is that because that arc is so isolated from the rest of the show it just feels like something that's tacked on as opposed to like oh it's actually involved like i feel like you would have had this hit better if if she didn't have the whole pr firm thing because at least then she's still the marketing director of the team she's kind of interacting with the team and then i mean she does but she's not here as often that's my that's my point. But I feel like they kind of did. They, but the thing is, the problem is they also gave her the PR arc. I feel like in a way just to give Roy more conflict of like, oh, P- Keely is now the one off doing her own thing. And they don't really have time for each other. As opposed to being like, because initially, I don't even think Keely was the one who kind of pushed for this initially. She kind of, did she get the PR firm or was she like, I'm going to open this on my own? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember either. I think she wanted to do it on her own, but she didn't realize how busy it was. I remember in the beginning, she was like, I have to schedule to cry. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I feel like the things or opportunities or stuff she goes through are done more so in a way to uh, kind of move the other characters forward. Like Yes. I, I think she, unfortunately, like the writing doesn't serve her as well. I, for example, I, I enjoy Rebecca more than I enjoy her. Like when Rebecca's on and her arc, you see, I'm like, okay, I'm genuinely interested to see what's going on. Whereas with Keely, especially with the whole PR firm in the third season, to me, I, it low-key... Like, the whole thing with Jack and stuff, it's like, I don't know why. I had this feeling. I was like, this is going to fall apart at some point. Yeah. At some point, there's going to be... Like, and the fact that I was waiting for that and happening, I mean, it's not really a good sign. Because it basically means that I'm not really that invested in this. And I'm like, go back. Basically, I'm of the mindset that she should be back with the rest of the team. Not in a romantic relationship. Just being there with Rebecca and just having... Just spending... Basically, what she was doing when she was a marketing person. But I guess the problem is, you if you... Grow, but at the same time, I feel like if she, the writers had done that, I don't know. I'm conflicted, but I feel like if they had done that, the writers, what would you have done with their character if she was on the team? 
that's also true like i understand like why she needed to sort of have her own thing going on um for me i feel like the whole pr thing was also just a setup for like maybe a spinoff but that's why because the thing is there's so much focus on it in this season which i'm like it's kind of strange we're spending so much time here when instead of we could be spending a little bit more time with ted for example yeah i would agree um because then what would have happened is also like like you said, they could have done the spinoff and you could have put all of this extra stuff into the spinoff. Because then what you could have done is introduce, have the show focus on Keely. Maybe, well, I don't know, maybe focus on Keely, maybe not. But like at least bring some of the characters from Ted Lasso, like Roy or Jamie in there. So it's like they're constant, like it's the dynamic between them. Not in a, not I mean more in a platonic way. So to do, um, to do that. But whatever, uh, the writers did that. I don't think it was the worst thing in the world, but... Um, uh, I think it was serviceable for what they did. Like I said, I think the biggest nitpick for me in the show was at times it felt like they didn't know what to do with certain characters just because there were so many things they were trying to juggle. So I think they just picked they picked and choose or chose their battles. I'm like, okay, they're probably like, oh, it probably makes sense to focus on this, this, and this, and other characters. We'll give them some other uh, placeholder things to do. So, And that's why I think the finale does feel a bit like rushed and muddled, right? Just because they don't get like, not all the characters get like, this amazing like send off or whatever i'm gonna treat it like it's a finale like i don't think it's fair to keep thinking all season four is happening i want to treat it as a finale that's why i keep thinking i wasn't as satisfied as i wanted to be yeah i would agree um like i said they left the door not fully open-ended i think it was more closed than like if you ask me how closed it was versus open it'd be like 60 percent closed 40 percent open um yeah, could they easily bring up season four? Yeah, they could. They really could because the way they ended season three of Ted being still indecisive, maybe Ted starts to realize like, yeah, I love it. I'm here with my family. But like he starts reminiscing about all the good times he had with um, his time over there and all the relationships he built. Maybe he starts feeling like, yo, yeah, I understand my family's here. And yeah, I'm feeling homesick because of my son. But like, I guarantee you Rebecca now could arrange something. Like she, bro, she could have arranged something then too. Remember, she was she was giving like, Ted options. She was like, "Yeah, I looked into schools. Michelle could teach here too." Like she gave him options even, to stay. Not even that, bro. Like she's a billionaire technically, right? So, I mean, it's a scummy thing, but like she was talking about the no private jet thing. But like, if you really wanted to, she could just pull the strings and give him not a private jet, but just have him keep flying back and forth every couple of weeks or whatever, and do that. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess part of him was also just he just wanted to get away or go back because he also seemed homesick. Like he wanted to go back to Kansas, right? Maybe he just never felt like he settled in like to no, Britain as much. What? I, I just realized because of the one of the final scenes with Ted, it might be a little bit harder because now he's invested in his kids coaching. So now it's going to be like if you did a season four, what are you going to do? Have him be conflicted between teaching his son versus teaching everybody there? I think he'd want to teach his son. So I don't know. I don't know. I think, like, I understand where Ted's coming from, but I think a lot of people were sort of just like, and people even expected, oh, he might just go back, right, to Kansas. But I think they could have handled it better because it's not as satisfying as it could have been for him to go back to Kansas. Like, I I don't think the setup and stuff was done as well, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because I feel like it would have done even better if it was like the whole season was about him just missing his son. That was shown a couple of times. But I don't think it wasn't until he met his mom where his mom's kind of pushed him to kind of go spend time with his son. Question. What do you think is Ted's thread in season three? Because I don't know if it's because I'm fuzzy, but I'm like, what was Ted's arc in this season? Well, 
Well, his arc was actually being a better coach and coming up with schemes. So more of like on the professional side of things of just being a better coach. Beyond that? Oh, I think it's like, I think remember in the beginning, he was also mentioning something about what's his purpose here. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah. So maybe they did. Maybe I'm a bit hazy on there. But yeah, I don't think it was done in as strong of a manner as it could have been. But yeah, overall, um, I, I, I'm fine with where they ended the show. I'd be fine if they did a season four, but I'm also fine if they never did another season again. Um, yeah. This show is still extremely, like, very enjoyable. Definitely would recommend. Like, was, there's a reason why there's hype for the show. I was going to say this. <laughs> this turned into almost part of my language, but almost a bitch fest. But overall... Yeah, no, please don't take this as like, oh, we hated the show. No, I, I, I really, really, really like the show, despite what I've said about it. Like, I ha- I, I'm glad I saw the show. I'm glad I saw a lot of And there were points, like I said, I think I mentioned this before, but the litmus test for me is if I binge a TV show. And there were points where I was binging. A lot of season two, I was binging. So, yeah, I think um, great show, great characters interesting premise about i actually wonder if this is going to inspire football teams to actually hire like people from other coaches now not to say i'm pretty sure it's been done but like i don't know maybe a premier league team now takes the thing i doubt it but i mean it'd be an interesting concept oh crap i took the mic and i forgot what i wanted to say um no no there's something no no like in terms of closing thoughts or something i just something i wanted to say and because you started going on about like that i totally forgot give me a sec give me a sec give me a sec um but yeah same thing like you said for sure like this is a very enjoyable show you can keep oh yes this is what i want to say <laughs> you could tell how it sounded super generic there until like fi- i finally got my light bulb moment what i wanted to say was i am sitting under a light bulb actually funny um what i love about shows about my favorite shows is when i feel like i can personally take something away from it where I'm like, oh, that's something that I never thought of. Or, like, that's something that I want to apply to my own life. And to me, Ted Lasso is one of those shows. Because especially a lot of, like, the Ted Lasso-isms that we get. Like, the kinds of stuff he says, especially to his team and stuff. Like, I've taken that away. Like, you know how, uh, I think it was, like, in the first couple episodes of the first season. Where Ted tells Sam to be a goldfish, right? Goldfish have 10-second memories. Be a goldfish. That's something I take very personally. Like, I love it's actually a concept that happens in sports because what they say is you should actually um, – it's better to have a short-term memory in sports. Not not in te- like like normally, but like they try to force yourself to have a 10-second memory because like let's say you have a good game, right? Forget about it and just move on. If you have a bad game, you can forget about those and move on. So that's actually something that's ingrained in sports in general. So No, that's good. And I like that because I don't watch sports, right? So that's not something that I would know. So to me, I'm like that's very important. I want to keep that because you just keep swimming. Like just keep swimming like – like Dory would say, right? And so I, that's the concept that I've taken to heart very, like, um, uh, what do you call it? I take, I take it, I took it very seriously. And um, so I love when shows do that. And Ted Lasso is a very special show that obviously it's not a perfect show. It has its nitpicks. It has, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, it, it has its nitpicks. It, like, there, there, obviously there's issues. And I feel like, by the time you get to season three, it it doesn't fall apart, but the 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 storylines sort of fall apart in my opinion. By the time you get you to season three, you can notice a difference. There is a shift. The show doesn't feel exactly the same as the first two seasons, but uh, it's still a good show. 
I think the se- the first season just set like a really high bar. The standard was so high. And then even the second, yeah, you can see the second season was actually like there too. So season three does fall a bit short in my opinion. But uh, overall, I still enjoyed this experience and journey that we got to go on with Ted Lasso and all the characters surrounding him and in that world. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to do the same thing I did yesterday. Where does Ted Lasso fall in your rankings that we did yesterday? Shows that we did. So, so it's Last of Us. Your ranking was Last of Us, Andor, Beef, and Bear. Yeah. Uh... And Last of Us is number fourth, by the way. So it's like from bottom to top is what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who I think I would put this above Last of Us, but below Andor. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think I it's hard because like I like the first two seasons more than I like this season. I feel like the first two seasons for me it it would be much higher in the list, but then you have the third season, and because of that, you have the full picture of what they were doing, right? Um, but I would probably do the same thing. Or I would at least. Hmm. Here's the thing: I really enjoy The Last of Us. I hate. I, I. I'm not comfortable with the fact that it's last. So I feel like I would oh, have Ted Lasso. Ha ha. I would probably put Ted Lasso last, then Last of Us, then Beef, then Andor, then Bear. I think that's what my ranking was. So okay, yeah, yeah. it's still a very enjoyable show. It's it's well, an amazing show. None of these shows are bad. Like for the record, like I will sit and watch any of these shows. It's just when you're asking me to compare something good versus something really good. Like, good versus good versus good versus good versus good. It's going to be a tough time, so. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into our review. It was a long one, and it was something that we wanted to do for a while. We really wanted to talk about the show at some point here, and I'm glad that we got to do that, and I'm pretty sure we missed out on a lot of other stuff, but I think we got through a majority of what we wanted to say. Um, please catch us on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Catch us on Instagram at Post Credit Club, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.